0: Let's watch a full-length movie
1: On YouTube
0: With Michael Spiegelman
2: Hey, alright, welcome to Let's Watch a Full-length Movie on YouTube With Michael Spiegelman And Carl, songwriter Bonjour Bonjour Uh, <laughs> Mercy. Ah, yeah. You uh, will
3: receive none.
2: Oh, all right. Uh, that was it for my French. My name is Mike Spiegel, and I'm here with Carl. We're going to watch a full length movie with you on YouTube. Carl, what's the movie we're watching today?
3: Uh, we are watching Simon, 1980. But you have to do your Blogspot TV stuff.
2: Well, listen. If you're listening now, we want you to be a friend for life of uh, the podcast. So go ahead and follow our podcast feed by our acronym. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's our show. Let's watch full-length movie on YouTube. Our episodes are listed chronologically. Today is November 17, 2019, and our movie is Simon, you said,
3: 1980.
2: 1980, right. Alan Arkin, Madeline Kahn. Okay. Oh, Madeline Kahn. Okay, fair enough. So uh, who's hosting this movie?
3: Oh, Okay. Uh, Black Space Needle, all one word. So you will put into the YouTube search F-I-M-O-N Simon Space 1980 Mm -hmm. and you will find, I think maybe it's the only one, Black Space Needle is the host. Um, That is, you will click it and pause, rewind to 00000 and you will let it buffer until huh. Paul gives us the countdown.
2: I just want to check something while we talk. I want to make sure I'm on the right mic. Uh, so, all right, sounds good. Uh, all right, good. I turned off all the other levels for the other channels. So, okay, mm-hmm. I have also went to Simon 1984, hosted by Black Space Needle, and I hit 1980. pause. 1980. oh, Jesus. I was thinking about the... Uh, don't watch Simon 1984. All right, and really? uh, we have here the countdown king himself who just had his show here on muni radio.fm as where we stream live every sunday 2 to 4 p.m. pacific standard time paul Bromboff on the edge of insanity who's your host last uh, who's your guest this episode a crazy guy from new jersey named carl what's <laughs> happening my man oh wow, carl
3: what's happening long time no talk
2: yeah oh you guys should you should check out that episode it is already posted it dropped today uh, at the edge of insanity
4: that's right. You can get it on iTunes and all those other Android devices. Listen hey guys, Carl. you know, you know the drill, especially Carl there <laughs> on the other side yes. of the planet. You know the drill. Put your finger over that little triangle and let's do this thing in three,
2: two, one, go. I'm very excited. Ooh, Ooh. stars. It's an Orion pictures, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's gonna it start I can tell it's in a spin. scientifically this is not wow this
4: is where I start to trip right here
2: stars don't circle around to make an O uh
3: not it takes about you know 4.5 million years but
2: this is when it was Warner Communications didn't even look like Orion's belt with the stars by the way Martin Bregman. so what was it it was Warner Brothers and then Seven Arts bought Warner Brothers and then they bought themselves back and then they bought Time and they became Time Warner and then they they had their own cable station And then AOL bought them and they were AOL Time Warner, Austin Pendleton. Uh, And then. uh, If you
3: notice, um, over the years, Orion's belt has gotten wider.
2: Oh, his belt? Yeah, I know, especially around (laughs) Thanksgiving.
3: (laughs) Which is now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's usually. Orion takes his belt off around after dinner. Oh, and. So this
3: is uh, Orion's pictures and it's distributed by Warner Brothers. Gotcha. And it came out in February, 1980.
2: Do you remember when he was doing heroin and kept using his belt to shoot up? No, I do not remember really that. that was
3: hard he <laughs> Using his uh, archer, archery arm, or uh...
2: oh, he—that's—he would you put the belt around there? That is such an innocuous way of using a belt. Uh,
3: he got an inoculation. nut. Okay, this movie has all good stars, and it's still bad.
2: This is like a high prodigy, uh, prodigy. Uh, high standard of people. Yeah, so we have quality people. Yep. Quality writer, Marshall Brickman?
3: Yeah, who won an Academy Award for co-writing Annie Hall with Woody Allen.
2: Right. He said the immortal words, let's make her older. Let's age her up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The thing is that after this film, you know, which is sort of an intelligent film, he changed and uh, started doing things like Jersey Boys.
2: Jersey Boys. Oh, you mean the musical? Yes. He wrote the musical, The Jersey Boys?
3: Yes, he did. (laughs) He must be a
2: gazillionaire by now.
3: Okay, so right now we are looking at the Institute of Advanced Studies. Which in his next film was the
2: Institute of Ordinary Studies, because he learned his lesson.
3: (laughs) Well, he did. He did learn his lesson, and his things after that were like the Manhattan Project, and I mentioned Jersey Boys, and he did a pilot of The Muppet Show called Sex and Violence. 1975. He totally wow. did a departure from his Woody Allen type film. Didn't he do didn't a movie with, called Beyond
2: Therapy? I'm probably thinking somebody else. It was with uh, Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum.
3: I didn't bump into that. All right, uh, So it's a
2: different person. No, no worries on me. Uh, it was, that's now me in
3: real life this building is called the Bronx Development Center. Uh, there's an architect named Richard N- Mayer. It's pronounced and
2: Mayer and it's also pronounced The Bronx.
3: <laughs> Bronx. Yeah. And uh, Marshall Brickman just loved this architect. So when he made the uh, Institute for Advanced Concepts, yeah. he chose this Bronx Development Center.
2: Well, good for him. Are they talking to the camera?
3: Yeah, go ahead if you want to look
2: there. Some years ago by someone who thought it would be a good idea for the best minds to be put together in a good environment with unlimited funds. And what were you all supposed to do? Oh, think... A think tank? What about the usual, you know, the food shortage, ecology, energy, that sort of thing. We were supposed to save the world. So glad they're taking on big think tank. huh? Right, but what they did instead
3: of change the world is they just fucked around with the world.
2: Oh, well, so that's funny. Yeah. This, uh, this kind of style where he talks into the camera reminds me of the movie Burn, Hollywood Burn, an Alan Smithy film from Alan Parker. Uh, It's a parody of Hollywood where the characters would talk directly to the camera and tell them. It's in my
3: Netflix queue, thanks to you. It hasn't arrived yet.
2: Oh, yeah, because there's only one DVD copy left of that movie, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, it gained notoriety because the director took his name off and used Alan Smithy, uh, the pseudonym that directors use when they want to disassociate from a film, which was the storyline of the movie. And then after that movie, they changed the name from Alan Smithy to another name.
3: Alan Smithy had uh, a long, long career of duds.
2: We watched a couple of Alan Smithy movies, notably Shrimp on the Barbie. It was right there by Judd. Oh, <laughs> right.
1: With
2: Cheech. Yeah, with Cheech, Cheech in Australia. Mary. And then uh, one of my favorite movies is Loose Cannons, which was Bob Clark. And it was so bad, he changed it to uh, Alan Smithy. Oh, no, I think his name is still on it.
3: So right now he's talking about um, About how they mess with the Nelson real Nelson rating and like only 60,000 Americans were watching Donnie and Marie and they changed it to so that it was having like a, you know, a a 20 share and it became the biggest hit. Like they think it's funny how they influence the nation.
2: Now, did you laugh at this movie when they said statements like that? No,
3: but there are times in this movie where Alan Arkin is very quick. Good. Uh, yeah, there are. Oh well, we don't listen to the audio, but we there can. are. Um, there are some good, good uh, uh, jokes in this movie, and maybe if I, if I remember them as they yeah, come I up, I can on raise the
2: well, volume. But. Yeah. But it seemed like, but throughout the movie, they talk to this camera.
3: No, just okay. in the beginning. In the beginning, they're establishing. That this is um like really messed up rich people uh really messed up scientists who have unlimited funding and they just screw with society that's funny i'm uh, in mean it and what they're going to do is they find an article in the new york times that says that 60 percent of americans believe that extraterrestrials exist and are trying to contact us they think that's hilarious these dumb people so they decide, what if we give them what they want? What if we find a person who's an orphan, and we lead them to believe that they are an extraterrestrial, and they've been walking among us all, all along?
2: So they're going to deprogram them. the premise. They're going to brainwash him into an alien.
3: Right, and then they let America know about him. He's an extraterrestrial.
2: Oh, so he, he sincerely, at that point, thinks he's an alien, and the Institute says, we yes. found an alien.
3: Right, and it's very funny. He starts talking in, uh, like, old Bible language. He who shall it be and will ra- feel my wrath, and it will be very wrathful. You'll
0: see.
2: I like how Wallace Shawn and the other four people were walking through that footbridge like it was Law and Order. Dun, 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 <laughs> all five in a row. Have you been on a footbridge between institutes? It's so much fun. Sure. Yeah. Like, if you got to go to okay. the chem lab, and, but you don't want to cr- go outside and cross the street, you just take the footbridge.
3: Right. You just cross the bridge yeah. over the street. Then I've you been say, on well, those in hospitals and such.
2: Yeah. And you go, well, what about the wind? They have glass, to, so you can't fall out. Right. You can't yeah. feel the wind. Yeah. I love it. This is Max
3: Wright, and you might know his face from ALF, Alf. the sitcom ALF.
2: And uh, I, I have to say, all that jazz, he is the manager of uh, right. the Bug Bob- and you know, he so what's the effect on the population? Al- what is it, Pam? Uh,
3: he, he was Carl- in Reds. He was in the Sting 2. He was in Grumpy sting Old Men. Two. He's been around.
2: Carl Mrs. a called. cold. Apparently, her cat is missing. He's, well, <laughs> he's doing just what you're saying right now. Well, Max, right? Uh, maybe the cat was delusious.
0: Why do you need an orphan? Because an extraterrestrial, Eric, must not be traceable to earthborn parents.
2: I like this, Leon. It has texture and scope. This <laughs> sounds pretty funny.
3: Well, the thing is, the movie overall isn't funny. It's a little...
2: <laughs> good, we could riff it.
3: It was trying real hard, and kudos for trying. And the guy is good. I mean, this guy's, this director, he's got a great history. I mean, he co-wrote Sleeper. Yeah, uh, with Woody Allen, he co-wrote Manhattan Murder
2: Mystery. He said, "You know, in the future, uh, love interests are a little bit older than uh, what you would expect. Like, you know, in their mm. twenty. Okay, well, Brickman will add that, and then." Well,
3: uh, he also was very famous in the nineteen sixties, early sixties, for playing banjo. Believe it or
2: not, <laughs> him and Steve Martin—they were banjo. There's, uh, see, that's a supercomputer. It looks like a uh, phone. Is that the point?
3: It's supposed, yeah, it's it's uh, Doris. And it's played by Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh,
2: our friend Luis Lazier.
3: Yep, yeah. exactly right. Oh, Former is... wife of Woody Allen, and I guess that's how they
2: met. That problem, yeah, well, good. Listen, you're too famous. So here's, here's the orphan. It's huge one. Yes, Hundreds this... of
0: them on one side
2: of the world. So he has a life. So it isn't like. He's
0: a professor
3: water. of psychology well, what do we do? in New York.
2: Wow. And this is back when New York had no students in the classroom.
3: <laughs> I guess this class... Uh,
2: yeah, it sucks. They must have given the teacher a bad grade.
3: Now, what he's doing right now, he's sort of pontificating, yeah. and he's frustrated that nobody gives a shit. And what the movie's trying to do is contrast that when everyone pays attention to him in the future.
2: Oh, so right now in the first act, no one gives a shit about his pontifications. Right.
3: And as a matter of fact, this one girl asks, will this be on the final? And the look on his face (laughs) is precious.
2: I always say that line. I say that when I movie riff. They'll say something important. I go, will this be on the final? (laughs) I'm going to have to keep that going. Whoa, they're throwing the world. Yeah. Hey, stop this crazy thing. I want to get off.
3: Global throwing.
2: Yeah, uh, you got to be careful about that. If a uh, big deity grabs your orbit I don't even know what the fuck <laughs> grabs your planet. Listen, or right he
3: goes right now. Will this, this be, on the, be final. on the
1: final?
2: Wah, then look at wah. Alan say <laughs>
3: <laughs> Nothing shuts up a professor more.
2: He's one of those superstars who not only plays like the average Joe, the average man, you know, the average guy, yeah. uh, person, but he plays it in, in a paradoxical way that you can never approach the kind of cool in the alon that he has. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's so he 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 plays the average guy, but the average guy would never be as cool as him. Right. He, right now he is about now. This predates Altered States.
3: It's the same year, 1980. But That's this is a deprivation tank. So this oh. movie really gets the credit to to you know doing it before Altered States.
2: Take that, Altered States, motherfucker! Yeah. Simon, beat you. They were released February 80 and you were released Oh, I think Altered States was a Christmas movie. God, how weird uh, do I know okay, that. Okay, I have it written. Have um, you ever seen Altered States?
3: Um, no, all I have is 1980. Isolation Tanks before Altered States 1980. Wow. This came out in February 1980, so that's kind of early. That's how you, know, and I guess it. This woman hmm, Yeah. What's that?
2: I guessed it. I said February.
3: Boom! Um, I, I know this woman from electric company when I was a kid. Her name is uh, Lisa G- Growlbart.
2: Did and, she growl? Um, hey, you guys.
3: Ex- well, no, that was Rita we, Moran. That was yeah, right, right. Hey, she her voice was so.
2: My mom like hated that, that show. That was like the loudest PBS kids show in the world. The original. <laughs> and that's the original one. They actually revised the electric company and started doing it like 10 years ago. And oh, yeah, now, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's like teenagers and they have clicks and they, they do competition and it's a whole storyline.
3: Well, um, Bill Cosby was on one of like the first or second So Yeah, I, I remember. And then. That. Morgan Freeman.
2: Yeah, he See, was... Morgan
3: Freeman became a big movie star, but I when the first time I saw Morgan Freeman as a movie star, I was like, hey, electric company guy. Yeah.
2: I think he was a, he was in Street store and I was like, holy shit, you know, like that's the Easy Reader?
3: Easy Reader, right. right. And the thing is, he was so clearly like, okay, Bill Cosby won't be with us for the entire
2: And that You if, will be the Bill Cosby. That was like bearded Cosby with the leather cap error, right? Like he had a big old beard and he had like a cap and maybe some aviator glasses? I don't
3: think so. My memories of him on that show were um, clean shaven. Okay. And coincidentally, he did a shaving cream joke. He was in the mirror writing words with shaving cream.
2: Wow, that's so cool. Except for the maid who had to clean it up afterwards. That sucked. See,
3: we're missing some great stuff. He's like... He's like, don't you want me to win a Nobel Prize? And she goes, yes, if you wear this to the ceremony. Right now, it's sort of like a tiff. Like Simon, you're being crazy. You were, you know, we have dinner tonight with the Mendel, with the Johnsons. And, you know, it's like he, he's like, stop playing house. I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. So he's going in for 80 hours, and oh. the record is 55.
2: Shit, you know, in altered states, that guy was Malcolm Donald, I think. He turned into an ape. Right? They'll
3: do that in this. They'll put him in the tank for like 300 and something hours and he will become, um, he will de-evolve into, he'll do that. He'll play the ape part. He'll like walk all the way through uh, mankind coming out of the primordial slime to uh, civilization. i
2: will say, are we not men? We are d- we are Devo. We are Devo.
3: Are we not men?
2: <laughs> d e v o.
3: What's that song? Is it like the monkey regards his tail.
2: How long was <laughs> in the- oh right. He goes ah, huh, huh. right. There's right. like, like beer chant. <laughs> See, I
3: used to think that uh, he, the Devo was the greatest, greatest, coolest, hippest thing in the world. And then you'd hear an interview with that Marlboro guy.
2: Uh, yeah, His name is Mark Marlboro, yeah?
3: Mark yeah. Marlboro. And then he was, he's such a geeky nerd. The most uncoolest guy. You'd never even want to sit next to him no, at a you party. You have to
2: understand that Devo, I mean, he, he's a professional uh, uh, soundtrack guy. So he has a... Sure. But, but That's what he moved on to. Yeah. Devo has been performing at corporate gigs... For decades, you know, you, mm-hmm. have a, you have a festival, you have a, a corporate sales force, or you have like a team meeting or, you know, a sales convention, Devo will perform and they're happy with it. It's fine. That's, they're on that circuit. And I was actually thinking of Devo because they did uh, Are You Experienced? And they said, oh, the ghost of right. Jimi Hendrix showed up. But I was like, oh, how novel. What a novel tune you're talking about. You know, and I'm like, oh, I get it. They're a novelty act now.
3: Well, that was their decline. That was the first record that didn't sell well. Was there, Are You Experienced?
2: Oh, yeah, and that was on Freedom of Choice? No,
3: no, no. Freedom of Choice was a big, huge hit. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. But it was, uh, it was an album. I remember that. I recognize the album, but I just can't think of it. Mm-hmm. Not that our listeners need um, to know.
3: I just bumped into them because I there's that song, Head Like a Hole, with by Nine Inch Nails. And sure. it was covered by Miley Cyrus, of all people. So I go to YouTube and I put in cover version, Head Like a Hole, and Devo came up.
2: Huh. How novel. Well, that was the thing, too. Like, after Are You Experienced, they did a bunch of covers. Yeah. Yeah. And the diva said, well, so, I can't get I mean, no satisfaction. Well, they always... They, right. That was, the, that was an amazing cover, and that completely changed the whole tenor of the song, and uh, I guess they tried it yeah. again with Are You Experienced, and then it's just Diminishing Returns.
3: So what's happening now is uh, Dr. Carl... What's his name
2: here? No, no, no last name. Not Spiegelman.
3: <laughs> not, not me. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: Dr. Carl Becker went to. He's the head of the table there. He's in charge of the. Uh, this is his staff. His name's Austin Pendle Pendleton, and I know you know his face. He um, he went to Simon in New York and said, "I think you're a certified. You're a, a true genius." And they choppered him to this place to become part of their think tank and to help them. So right now he's at the table. They're talking about big, big concept ideas, and and uh, Alan Arkin is feeling very lost among these uh, true geniuses.
2: Oh uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know. You,
1: you know the-
3: Wallace Shawn is so short and. I met him in person in New York when uh, Marcus was on that uh, premiere of uh, Capitalism, A Love
2: Story. We should mention right now, hang on, hang on. Your brother appeared in Michael Moore's Capitalism, A Love Story. Right. And so
3: did Wallace Shawn. Okay. So we go to the premiere and I met Wallace Shawn and I was talking to him. I said, I just heard you on WBAI. And he goes, oh, so you were the one, (laughs) you know, making fun of their (laughs) low listenership. Yeah, right. The thing is, when I met him, I didn't notice how short he was because I'm so damn short.
2: Yeah, you thought he was like pretty, pretty average Normal. Yeah.
3: yeah. We were making eye contact.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you were saying, hey, I am standing up. And you both said that at the same time.
3: That's right. Yeah. See, most of the, uh, <laughs> most people who meet Wallace Shawn are just looking at his bald spot, you know? Oh, but right. Not of, me. No, you were looking, you're
2: looking at his chest. Direct eye contact. So now they're saying... You know, actually, Marcus told me about that dinner, if I may. He said that uh, you guys uh, needed to get an item from the top shelf, and you both asked uh, Marcus to to get it at the same time, and then (laughs) you said, Jiggs, owe me a beer. Can you get that (laughs) item on the top shelf? Oh, (laughs) Jigs. That's when you both I like hanging
3: short. out with you because if there's an item on the top shelf, I simply get on your shoulders. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, He's you sneak- really an interesting person. He and, went to Harvard. And-, and you snuck into a movie together, right? A two for one? What yeah, they didn't big, even notice us. You wore a big trench coat? <laughs>
3: That's right. Yeah, he, <laughs> he on he your eight, shoulders. one feet.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry, Carl.
3: Here's Madeline Kahn. And they're introducing her as uh, the w- m- woman who will assist him in anything he needs. And she's just, like, pretending to be flattered with him. She's an actress, you know. Um,
2: we, we and did so he's... Oh, go ahead, girl.
3: Just that he's trying to ask her, her credentials. And she says, like, her oral sex book, you know, sold whatever, how many co- copies. And he's like, well, let's try it out for a
2: week. I get it. He wants to blow her.
5: in Vienna.
3: She's going through her credits, and he's pretending he knows all these people she's talking about.
5: Yeah, so
3: he's just faking it.
5: A comprehensive history of oral sex techniques illustrated has already been proclaimed a masterpiece by both Norman Mailer and Beth Meyerson and has an advanced printing of 100,000 copies.
1: Who's your publisher? Knopf. Wasn't it? Let's try it out. Try it out for a week. <laughs> there
2: you go.
3: Now we know Madeline Kahn. I mean, we know her from uh... the thing is she was really in the only in the movies of two directors, a guy named Peter Bogdanovich. You probably know him, and of course Mel Brooks.
2: Well, also she did a movie with uh, Jerry Lewis that we did early on the run of this show. I had my brother as a guest. It was called like close slapstick encounters of the close kind, or like it was based on the slapstick book by Kurt Vonnegut, where the. Malicon and Jerry Lewis are aliens. And the movie Well, I know slapstick by Kurt Vonnegut. Is it we was made her? it to a movie. Yeah, and she was one of the twins in there. And it's a terrible movie. There's no You don't no recommend doubt. I see it. Ah, it's on YouTube. I recommend you seeing it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so she was in Young Frankenstein, High
3: Anxiety, History of the World, Blazing Saddles, you know, a bunch of Mel Brooks, Brooks
2: ones. Right.
3: And then she was in this Peter Bogdanovich's movies. What's up, Doc? Now, that was Barbara Streisand.
2: Right, and that was Um, – and Austin Pendleton was in this movie. Uh, That's right. In San Francisco.
3: And she was in Paper Moon.
2: Um, That was a Peter Dovatov movie. That was probably the most famous movie. Well, no, no, Last Picture Show. And then uh, I'll say uh, that other movie. So what's going on here, Carl? Uh, Just
3: more pontificating now. He's got to prove himself that he's worthy of being with these geniuses. So he's talking about what he's come up with.
0: A black thing that sucks you into a noodle-shaped object 5 million miles long.
3: Well, now he's talking about how depressing science is, and that's why they made up black holes. Um, Now he goes like he pretends it has a very good nose. (laughs) So now they're they're saying how's it going? He's totally fooled. He's completely falling for me. Oh, that's cool. And they're pleased with themselves. Now, she passed away ovarian cancer, but she didn't go quietly into the night. She was she worked on Cosby show during that time. She got married uh wow. the the year she died. She was on that little bill show doing the voice um a voice of
2: one of the teachers. We know a little bit oh god, we're talking a lot about Cosby, right? Wasn't that based on on Cosby as a young child? Yes. Yes, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh my God.
3: So she decided died in December of ninety nine and she's here in Jersey in North Bergen at the Garden State crematory.
2: Sure, I know I know what you're talking about. You
3: do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know it. Come on, oh, you don't know, you the know what you know what? I this can. is totally irrelevant. I found out where the grave of uh, Dudley Moore is.
1: Yeah, is and in so New Jersey?
3: The, in, here in Jersey, yeah. So the next time I do like some little TV thing, I'm going to have us there at the grave and do the bit, uh-huh. and then I'm going to have, like, we turn to Dudley Moore, you know, and then we go, ah, ha, ha, we laugh. <laughs> and that way in the credits I can have, you know, cameo. Oh, so you're
2: going to cut to a tombstone that says Dudley Moore, and mm-hmm. then you cut to you going, <laughs>
3: Dudley. Yeah, well we're gonna go in and say where go Dudley, did you see which way he went? And then we're gonna go "Ah!" <laughs> oh, he's a liar.
2: Woo it, it was
3: uh, hard to get him.
2: Are you are not gonna say, Come on, Dudley. In what? You're not talking? Oh, no more?
3: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. All right. I'm just gonna pretend he's like a real actor in the thing.
2: Oh, that's great. That's very tasteful too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who else is buried? Now in New Meryl Jersey? Street turned down Madeline Kahn's part in this movie.
2: Yeah, okay. She Even turned it that. down. Now you know her career was pretty much on fire in nineteen eighty. I mean Meryl Street? Yeah, she was in the Holocaust was she in the Holocaust miniseries and she was in something else in the late seventies. Well like coming home, I guess.
3: Well, I mean this was a high powered Hollywood film written by an Academy Award winner starring stars. I mean it was Appropriate for her level, but she said no.
2: If it's so high profile, how come Warner Brothers did not actually release the, uh, produce the movie as well? I, I'm I not going to defend this film. I don't no, know. No, defend <laughs> Warner Communications. Oh, I haven't finished my story. So then it became uh, Time Warner, and then it became Warner Brothers, and uh-huh. now, and now uh, uh, AT&T owns it. So there you go. The story of one And the Brother. story's
3: probably not all the way written, even.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. It's going to get... There will be
3: more twists and turns in the Warner, Time Warner Brothers... Time, I, think... I mean, Warner Brothers.
2: Do you think Disney should buy it out?
3: Uh, Disney buys everything, so I guess
2: so. How's that? You, you know, want, you
3: I to... thought when Disney bought... I was so upset with Disney. They bought Pixar, and then they bought Marvel, and they bought the Star Wars franchise. But I got to admit, like... I'm enjoying Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I like the new Star Wars films, even though they're tricking us. They're giving us exactly what we want, uh-huh. which is so Disney. They're yeah. not doing a bad job.
2: Now, can I mention, like, I noticed this, like, watching Shaft and watching uh, Star Wars and watching Ghostbusters. They try to yeah. do it both ways. They try to be a, a true sequel or or, uh, try, or a reboot, but it also kind of constantly acknowledges and r- ribs you about, you know, the legacy of the previous movies. So... You know, there's a Star Wars adventure, but they go into a cantina and you're, you know, it's like that movie from 30, 40 years ago. And then, you right. know what I mean? Or in uh, Ghostbusters, they have Slimer just because of Slimer. And it's like yeah, you're trying to create a new, exciting adventure as well as like winking at the stuff from 30 years ago. And it just becomes fan fiction. Or I don't know what it becomes, but I wish they stopped that. Cut it out. And it's so strange to me that uh, generations come and go and the fucking... Marvel is, like, the biggest thing now. Like, yeah, who gives a shit about Captain America? But you know Captain America. He's more predominant in our culture than, say, you know, something that happened 20 years ago. Right. You know, and that was created in the 40s and the 60s. It's insane.
3: I was mad at Disney for their very first uh, Star Wars movie because I went to the theater and I watched it, and I was like, this was the greatest movie. But then when I would sit back and think about it they just regurgitated star wars you know i mean we're on a desert planet there's a droid i, I agree got I, the, and they call know, them they I, call
2: them easter eggs they'll say oh did you catch that easter egg oh we well, had a desert planet like the movie from 40 years ago that's not a fucking easter egg that's just a, you yeah pandering or what have you i mean those prequels were pretty odd ducks but they were odd ducks you know and they weren't copies of Of the better Star Wars films But they were just their own thing Right And Disney will never do that And Disney will never say We'll we'll do something quirky Or you know
3: Now we're in a a true deprivation
2: Deprivation tank Isolation tank Right Uh, Where
3: You remember before He was like in this crate Yeah I know And now we're in this High funded And he's in a wetsuit You know
2: And he's going to do 55 hours? 70 hours? Uh, He doesn't think so. Uh, This isn't
3: that scene yet.
2: Oh, I got you. Oh, they give enough room in the case he could jerk off. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah,
3: that's right. You're supposed to go in there and lose all... I mean, the thing is, you're in charge of what you do in there.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, all right. Enough said. You don't need
3: to towel off, either. You got all that water...
2: Oh, my God. You don't need to get a towel or something. All right. So Uh, The
3: only last interesting thing I want to say about Madeline Kahn is I found out she was on the short-lived sitcom on ABC called Oh, Madeline. And she won a Daytime Emmy Award for this
2: after-school special. I remember. I didn't know those two things. I remember her sitcom. You know, like a lot of those guys. Gene Wilder had a sitcom before he passed away. Uh, I think there was a, well, there was a Richard Pryor show, but there was Carlin's Place, I guess. Oh, all right. There was like, you think of like these great stars and their legacy and you forget that they had, you know, a sitcom where they just kind of had, Hey, how are you, Madeline? Yeah. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know, neighbor Ted.
3: Careers are long and they're full of ups and downs and, you know.
2: They're bankable and people know who Madeline Kahn is and it's probably easier for yeah. her to do the work. And,
3: and and who knows what's going on in her career. She's like, what the heck, you're going to give me, you know, $100,000 an episode.
2: Yeah. I have a Disney Plus Plus. That's where I look over the shoulder of a guy watching Disney Plus on his phone. It's pretty good. <laughs> plus, plus, plus. <laughs> Plus me, looking over your shoulder.
3: <laughs> no, I got Disney Plus Plus.
2: Okay, I got, I got Apple here. Plus. I... Okay,
3: now this is, I think it's a horrible scene, and I do not think it's funny. All but right. they thought it was hilarious. I had the sound They've him out after, uh, like, hundreds of hours. Uh-huh. And they claim that he is a primordial... You know, the thing is, this came out before Altered State, so I guess... This was all part of the true research.
2: It must have been popular at its time then.
3: Yeah. And he's going to now step through evolution. And what they're doing is when he gets to present day, right. they're going to convince him that he is really an alien and that his mother, which is a machine, like a toaster, they say,
2: wow, that's so
3: left him on this planet to help no humans.
2: All for being in this. Who the fuck designed this machine to make you brainwash like that? Uh,
3: They said the name in the. I don't. Some scientist in the the mid 70s did this whole thing. I don't
2: know. Fascist. He was a fascist, I tell you. So he's communicating (laughs) through one finger, and now he's got several fingers going.
3: Right. Now he's becoming plankton or something. Yeah. I just don't believe the premise.
2: All right, so then the movie's over, right? Uh, the movie leaves you at this point.
3: Uh, it brings me back,
2: though. In the movie It's
3: funny sometimes.
2: Hi, Carl. You wanted to talk to me? Yes, movie. I don't think things are working out. What was <laughs> it? It was that whole primeval thing where a guy goes into an isolation tank and just happens that you're... I mean, if this is the case, then why don't they all go do it? Or they get more people? Find another orphan?
3: No, they, the point of this thing is to brainwash Simon into thinking he's an alien.
2: Yeah, but they have a brainwash machine in their center. They could use it for other things. They could brainwash people and forget about paycheck. They have a brainwash. Yeah, I mean that. Machine, oh, he He's acting like a monkey. Oh yes, and now he's going to go through two thousand and one, in which
3: he finds the bone and use it as, uses it as a weapon.
2: And don't forget, in nineteen eighty, that joke was like twelve years old. Wow, the orchestra is really riffing off of this. Shh. Yeah, he's pretending to be slow motion. Here's me at the opera. Hey, Carl, I'm at the opera. Are <laughs> oh, you shush?
3: So I think it was the 50-year anniversary in 2001 was on um, uh, IMAX, you know? Oh, yeah. And my son came to me like... Dad, let's go see this. this. This film is intense. You know, like if I had gone to him and said, hey, you know, there's this film I think you should say. We could, Dad, please. I don't want with to your old, to an old movie.
2: Yeah. So did you guys go and see it in IMAX?
3: Yes. Hey, and then he went with his friends. They're all blown away.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, I M's think that's great. Yeah.
3: Well, that okay, could... so this video game came out. It's not Guitar Hero. It was like the competitor. And it had a Beatles one. And that's how all my kids got into the Beatles. If I had gone to them and said, there's this band, they started everything, check it out, they would have been like, Dad, you your old man stuff, get out of here.
2: That's so funny. I should mention that the guy did the special effects for 2001, uh, Douglas Tronwell and I probably butchered his uh-huh. name. He worked on IMAX, so I could see a good fit for watching that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, they found it out through uh, Guitar Hero, that's or whatever the game was, Rockstar.
3: Right, and now my, my littlest got super into the Beatles especially all the stuff of the early Beatles you know like 64 65 so then this band came around called 1964 and it was a Beatles you know a tribute band and I in took him period. to see it in this theater and we were in the balcony and everything and I was so proud of myself I had given my boy the Beatles
2: oh that's so cool <laughs> well my experience doesn't was,
3: matter it wasn't really them they were doing exactly what it was and it was all history to him he thought he was seeing the Beatles
2: I took my kid to go see Yesterday the new movie and they I could really relate because I have no idea who the Beatles are
1: <laughs> <laughs> said, yeah, in, that's hey, right
2: what's he doing now he's like modern day
3: yes yeah, now he's Civilization Industrial Revolution
2: so this is slapstick but there's a par- satire on top of it
3: yeah, it kind of looks like um, uh, modern times with uh, Charlie Chaplin.
2: Oh, I was gonna say it looks more like. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Richard okay, Simmons. Okay, so now
3: exercise. he's modern day, and he's in a state in which they can
2: Mold his get brain. this
3: story into his head.
2: Well, they shouldn't push that uh, gurney through a couple of those cool foot uh, foot bridges.
3: Why do they have to be in this room instead of the old one? Why?
2: Because uh, you have that uh, scene of them going on the footbridge. Exactly correct. That's why. It looks cool. Meep Morp. I am ro- alien. Oh, Carl, can you do your alien voice? <laughs>
3: Mr. <Mister> man. <Schmeelman. laughs> <laughs> I am a quirb. I Nobody see, gets
2: that. I have a quirb. A quirb. Hmm. A quir- yes, I have a quirb.
3: I remember how patient you were with the alien like he said he yeah, has a curb, and then you started to talk to him and goes please Mister make I have a quirk you oh. he waves your hand okay okay people it's know what we're waited. talking
2: about we're talking about our public access show in New Jersey back in 1989 and that's uh, called Fishburgers and I think that scene is on uh, YouTube on our Fishburgers channel Fishburgers channel okay so here comes the mother okay and we oh, have the like
3: Jewish mother voice
2: oh yeah let's take a listen and this is Luis Lazier. <laughs>
3: Well? No, that's Doris, the computer. No,
0: your no, no you real, mother.
6: mother. where are you, Mother?
3: Ah. The thing is, like, she's doing all these stereotypical jokes of, like, a mother in America Right You know but, like Oh some gratitude for a son It doesn't make any sense But they think they're funny they It's think funny.
2: They're funny That's what an alien would sound like When they land on the streets of New York In New York already Well This movie takes place in New York right They're from the Bronx And this is New York right now Well Okay
3: In the movie He's from New York And they are in Maine
2: Oh I gotcha So they designed this the spaceship there by Chopper
3: They, they are just flashing a a light in his face And in his <laughs> mind he's seeing that empty street in 1939
2: Oh, I gotcha Alright, well thanks for explaining that Because I, I had no idea why I was watching this <laughs> It's like a giant gumdrop This film
3: got uh, mediocre netball. reviews Universally mediocre reviews, FYI
2: Well, I found out about this movie Because I got lost watching uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, episodes I found uh-huh. I found this movie. I saw it full length. And I also saw a clip of uh, Siskel and Ebert, and their review is pretty funny. They just didn't see the humor in this. They just kind of uh, just didn't really yeah. congeal. And it's such a star power movie, and Marshall Brickman is a cult uh, director writer that I wanted us to watch it because uh, you know it just no one's heard of this movie. It's really strange in that respect.
3: Well, I mean, was a cult. I mean, then he moved on to the Muppet Show, the Manhattan Project, and Jersey Boys. But back in the day, he was pretty, pretty uh, not obscure, but cultish.
2: Hey, my name is Dougie, and I'm from New Jersey, and I used to hang out (laughs) on the street corner singing doo-wop songs like this one. Remember when we sang (laughs) doo-wop in North Bergen County?
3: Okay, here's something very interesting about him. Uh, He was in. Okay, you know the Mamas and the Papas, John Phillips and Michelle Phillips. Brickman joined the New Journeyman with John Phillips and Michelle Phillips before the Mamas and Papas. He left the New Jersey to pursue a career as a writer. So he went on to success and everything, but he missed out on the Mamas and the Papas, that's for sure.
2: Well, he did the solo career. He was the old New Journeyman. He was the old, the soul journeyman? Soul journeyman. Oh, he was the old journeyman? He was the old new uh, journeyman. Because you know the new The only journeyman.
3: other thing interesting about him is he, um, like in the 90s, in the early 90s, he started to, Footbridge. not in the early 90s, cool it all throughout his life. He wrote for the New Yorker. Cool Footbridge. Um,
2: yeah, I've read his stuff. He's a funny guy. I mean, he made these movies, but I, I don't think it's fair that he's only be known for Annie Hall. He's done some other stuff. Like Jersey well, Boys.
3: Right. I don't know that people know that's him, but they sure know Jersey Boys.
2: I never saw the movie. Excuse me. I never seen the movie, the Clint Eastwood movie. Clint Eastwood what? He directed a, a movie of the Jersey Boys. That's stupid. Did he really? He makes Clint a movie Eastwood, the Clint Eastwood? He made a musical movie. He made a, a theatrical version.
3: Well, I I love almost everything Clint Eastwood does. Now that you've told me that, I think there's a you know, an asterisk he keeps Look cr- at the bottom keeps, of the
2: page for my he love, movies. But I think a that year. was a mistake. Speaking of Woody Allen, he makes movies once a year. That's what he does. Woody Allen, yeah. Well Woody Allen hasn't made a movie in a year lately. It used to be come out every year, that'd be a Woody Allen movie. Yes.
3: Now there's Lisa at home finding out that Alan is an alien.
2: Yeah, because it's so strange this premise of him being an orphan. He's he's an adult who has friends and people, you know. So his friends know him. His colleagues know him. Well, he was, he's, what do you mean?
3: Uh, an orphan doesn't mean for the rest of your life you're abandoned. You,
2: yeah. Uh, well,
3: didn't, I mean. That's how you started out.
2: They just figured that They're
3: saying this is his blood
2: Oh, so he thinks he's an alien too Right
3: Yeah, he's totally convinced he's an alien And that's their their plan
2: Okay Well, thanks for coming to the show I guess this is a pretty short That's movie. his pee Uh-huh It's blue
3: Now they want him to give us a, a semen sample
2: <laughs> <laughs> Aliens don't do that shit How do they know aliens do semen samples? There's Playboy. Oh, a little sterile map. (laughs) So now he's into it.
3: He was in Catch 22. That's when I first uh, noticed him.
2: Oh, yeah. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. He's done a bunch of great stuff during the 60s and and then just. uh, The Russians are
3: coming, yeah. He got uh, some sort of nomination for that.
2: Ooh, state of the art animation right there. Did you ever see him in uh, Carl Burnett? Uh, it was like uh, they were kind of, they lived in San Francisco and they hung out at the Transbay Terminal. and uh, he. I guess no. It was strange. Ruth Buzzy's in it and they, there's like a gangster on the pier. But they're just kind of like desolate at, at this point. She's living in an SRO. It's interesting. It was shot in San Francisco and then like all the, all the war Okay, stuff. listen to this part. Okay.
4: This is the basic question. How can the man have a soul? His mother was a
2: blender. The most They're
4: going to
3: say this is proof too. of a God. Check it out. Uh,
2: I, I think that this event is clear proof that there is a God in the universe. This is clear proof there is no God. You're both wrong. This is proof that there is a God, but he doesn't know what the hell
1: he's doing. Oh, come Why? on. The Jewish guy,
2: yeah. The rabbi. There
3: is a God, but he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Rabbi, I like Alan order. Arkin in uh, The In-Laws.
2: Oh, what a great um, movie. Yeah, it's a funny movie. So he
3: won Academy Award for Little Miss Sunshine as never saw a supporting actor.
2: I'm not going to see that movie. You didn't see it? Nope. I saw Gross Point Blank, where he was the, really funny as a therapist to John uh, Cusack.
3: Did you see Argo?
2: Uh, I've seen Fargo. Seasons 1, 2, and 3.
3: <laughs> same thing, same thing, just
2: with an F. Yeah. No, I have not seen uh, the Ben Affleck directed Argo.
3: All right, what about Sunshine Cleaning?
2: I pro- That sounds like something I would probably have seen. No, I haven't seen it. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's in a yeah. streaming sitcom right now. He's doing. He is, lot. today. Yeah, him and Michael Douglas are I don't know if it's a sitcom, it might be like an hour long drama. It could be where the fuck it is. Okay, then streaming. let
3: me tell you something interesting you don't yeah. know about him. All right, he was I'm in listening. a folk group called The Terriers, in which he sang and played guitar and they wrote a 1956 hit song called the banana boat song
2: um, wait the one that goes which was a Jamaican day-o, day-o. Calyp- it was a calypso
3: folk song well it kind of was like that
2: oh you know yeah calypso we did a movie where there was like a big calypso rock scene in it and it's just right these, in
3: the beginning yeah yeah
2: and it's just people break out into calypso tunes
3: yeah those were young it was 19 it was early 60s guys right it yeah. was like
2: yeah, I think it was a was, was drag. Was that the race thing?
0: Fat Spy or something? No, it wasn't
2: Fat Spy, but it was like the drag maybe it was Drag Riot or
3: No,
1: well
2: Drag
3: Strip Riot wasn't that movie.
2: Oh right. That might have been uh Fat Spy. Fat Spy has <laughs> the musical numbers.
3: Yeah, that had Jane Mansfield in it. We fell in love with her for a little while on oh, the film, yeah.
2: on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I got love to find another James Mansfield movie and we can watch that. Well,
3: the Banana Boat song reached number four on the Billboard magazine charts uh, the same year as Harry Belafonte's better-known hit version. And they were in a 1957 Calypso exploitation-filled Calypso heat wave singing the Banana Boat song. So Alan Arkin came from somewhere besides acting.
2: It was that song, and that was the same year that his version came. It's so weird when they do that. Yeah. When people cover the song, we're like, I'm watching I'm getting into Woodstock again watching that and like just people sing other people's current songs as a cover it's like what the fuck you know like can't you think like it's one thing to cover I get high with my little uh, help of my friends because that song was like three years old by that point but yeah. you know like other people were just doing like Jimi Hendrix songs at the time I don't know it's strange
3: you should listen to this part because he's telling the world the new rules
4: so what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of all the bad stuff and that will be a very good beginning now i have your list of things which i like written in the constitution immediately after which i promise you your lives will be less tense and more rewarding one all Muzak and i i can't airports, hear it if you're playing it
2: i am he's talking no music year. get it no, right no quiche number three uh no right. disco disco sucks number four What's up with this new ESPN? Play some football. Number five. You're right.
3: That is the kind of thing he's going through.
2: Yeah. There should be a fourth network. ABC, CBS, and NBC just doesn't cut it anymore. Number six. Pac-Man should be 12 cents and 12.5 cents. That way you could get two games per quarter.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's something you didn't know about him. He appeared in the title role of Inspector Clouseau after Peter Sellers. Oh, you knew that? I knew
2: that. And actually, I I, I think I looked for that movie. I don't know if it's on there. I would love to. That's one of those films I would love to see.
3: When I read that, I put it in my Netflix queue.
2: Oh, good. Yeah, I think that's a Blake Mm -hmm. Edwards movie. I just think they weren't getting along, him and Sellers. So he had like. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. So he did that, and he did Shot in the Dark, which wasn't really supposed to be a uh, Pink Panther sequel. They just kind of had him and did it.
3: So he also, just like you said before with Madeline Kahn and others, he did an ABC sitcom called Harry, which was canceled after four low-rated episodes.
2: Hey, Harry. Hey. Ah, <laughs> oh, great. Hi, not neighbor. You. Oh, not you again. Ah, oh, come on, Harry. Not again. All well, the least you could do is invite me over for coffee. Uh, only in America he was in Get
3: Smart one of your favorites
2: the the TV show right no no he was in the 2008 movie Get which Smart I, which I have seen that's Anna Kendrick I love that fucking movie that's a good movie
3: oh yeah. wait that's 2008 no you like the nude bomb the nude
2: bomb that's from 1980 dude. which came out the same year as Simon is that what he could hear yep. for movie, movie yeah? I don't know what to see should I see Up the Academy should I see uh, Simon <laughs> I see the nude bomb.
3: He was in Edward Scissors hands. He was in Glengarry Glenn Ross.
2: Oh yeah, he was good in Glengarry Glenn Ross. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a you know, he's a the greatest actor ever, ever acted. What? <laughs> <laughs> you've got the leads,
3: you've got the leads.
2: Yeah, you got the leads.
1: Uh,
3: now they're scared. Now they think they've unleashed a monster, and he's saying the stupidest things to the public. They wanted to see the public, like, would it be mass hysteria? Would it be hero worship? They wanted to see how would the public react to an extraterrestrial. But instead, this guy's becoming a guru, and that's not what they wanted.
2: Oh, so they're going to try to stop him now? Yes. Good. Hey, Okay,
3: so the plot. his wife is coming to see what is going on here.
2: So that's what I'm saying. He's an orphan, but he's married. He's, already had, he's an adult. He has a wife.
3: Explain yourself. What do you mean?
2: Well, I mean, like, we don't want to make sure he has a family. But he's already a professor. He's, no, that's
3: not what... No, they only wanted him to be an orphan so that it can't explain. He didn't I mean, have human parents. That's the,
2: Oh, right. Like they did with that kid, Clark Kent. Really fucked up his head. <laughs> he had parents. Oh, who? Uh, Marsha and Pa. Clark Kent had parents in Smallville. Right, but they weren't his. And he had real parents. uh alien adopted, and Alienville too. He he, he had parents. jor Yeah, jor was like, "Honey, baby, uh, the world is going to blow up, and that's why I built this single, this school. rock." I built this spaceship to fit one human adult male. So anyway, I have one male, so I got to go. What? What about the baby? <laughs> all right. Uh, God all right. All the right. Baby be, it's always about the kid, isn't it? Well, look. When when I land on Earth, I will uh, follow up. Now, Judy, who was an electric company, who we're
3: seeing here, she was also in Second City, the comedy troupe in Chicago, and. She was with Peter Boyle, Madeline Kahn, Robert Klein. They were all part of uh, Second City Comedy Troupe.
2: Yeah, um, sounds good. That sounds like a good uh, view. Robert Klein would be on stage. I can't stop my leg. He'd be like, bring on the right. company woman.
3: <laughs> okay, here also, Judy was also in co- commercials for Chevrolet, Vega, Cheer, Crunch and Munch, Shake and Bake, Crisco, Oil and Miracle Whip.
2: Man, and you know, it was all the same commercial. That was the crazy part. They're like, if you put <laughs> shake and bake in your Crunch and Munch and then drive off in a kind of like, fuck, yeah. It was a conglomerate. Have you ever had bacon shake, crunch and munch? That is some good shit. You take a <laughs> box of Crunch and Munch you. and you put it in a plastic okay. zipper bag and then you uh, pour in the <laughs> shake and bake. <laughs> shake it, shake it, shake it. And then dinner is made. I always hated fucking that. I was like, fuck you. If I'm going to buy a chicken... You want me to buy a chicken to use your box goods? Let me just fucking dump it in a pan. I'm angry at shake and bake.
3: Yeah, it sounds like it.
2: And fuck you, hamburger but, helper. Where's the hamburger?
3: <laughs> but shake and bake is just uh, breading, it's a coating.
2: Well, what about the pasta salad ideas? It's a box that says it's chicken pasta salad. Just add chicken. It's like, fuck well, you.
3: you just give me the instant water, just add water.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, so they're fighting.
3: Well, yeah. See, the thing is, he's like, Simon, you're a regular person. You're not, you know, this guru. No, it's not me.
0: So you must know it's in the Nebula Orion. You
6: come from the Nebula Orion.
1: Yes, I do. How
0: do
6: you know this? <laughs> how does anybody know anything? What do you mean, how does anybody know anything?
0: How does anybody know anything?
3: So it's just a tit-for-tat uh, spousal fight. But the thing is, she's like a real trooper. She's like... um She's just a great wife, and she even uh, has sex with him right now.
2: Well, I mean, when you find out you're married to an alien, you got to check it out, you know, <laughs> re experience it, I guess. I- I'll be the Here uh, she farmer. Here's to seduce him. Five it's
3: been a long time
0: five weeks. Five weeks. Are you crazy? Your body is That's a long time. Well, why don't you
1: join because I could die in
2: a second, that's why. He really knows the foreplay too. talk. What's that? He really knows how to, like, seduce himself. I mean, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> sexy yeah, the dialogue. Now pretending I'm the farmer. Yeah. And that's true. Cro- I've never made love with
0: an extraterrestrial. Lisa. It's perfectly all right. I've been completely Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, we'll never actually cut that say I say, I say that,
2: problem. too, to get sex. Listen, I've been completely decriminated. Yeah. Don't even worry. So now you can filth me up. Thing uh, From high school? hmm Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So we still got another hour of this movie, right? Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's not torture. Now... What he's saying show, now our show like, is like, "What are we
3: going to
2: do? Our show is torture. To get
3: rid I, of this. What's
2: that? Our show is torture, when I keep saying in the middle of our programming. Are we done yet? I've done that for the last yeah, six minutes.' Well, how
3: come? How come you're so like? Why don't you want to sit here and watch this?
2: All right, I'll You think it's so it.
3: horrible? I mean, I what's, miss what's Max the Wright.
2: Where's Max Wright? It's been like 20 minutes. I miss Max Wright. What about Max Wright? I miss him. Is he coming back, Carl? Refresh my memory on who's Max Wright. Alf? Yes. Yes, Carl. Mrs. Egnomical. He's absolutely coming back. Okay. All right. I'm interested now. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Let's go back to this. So, right now, now they're
3: trying to decide how are they going to get rid of Simon? I mean, the public eye is on him. They can't just kill him. Right. You know, so what they're going to do is they're going to give him this gas that makes him totally stupid. And when that happens, the Public will hear him being stupid and fall out of love with him, you see. Right. So, right now, they're going to pipe. It's odorless, colorless, det- undetectable. So, they're going to pipe the gas into his room. Now, it just dropped and it starts hissing. Now, Dr. Carl runs away, but the other ones don't.
2: Interesting. Well, you always side with Dr. Carl.
3: Yeah. He goes, how long does it take to affect? Watch, watch. All right. How long does the web take to work? Boom. It's working. Oh, they're already okay. stupid. Now we're going to find out that Dr. Caro really loves Doris, like is totally in love
2: with Doris. And Doris is purposely shaped like a telephone receiver. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love it's you. old school. That's, yeah. Bizarre love triangle. Man, woman, and computer. What? I can't hear you. Yell into the receiver.
1: <laughs>
6: yeah. You the gas is worthless anyway? It's going to wear off in a few weeks.
2: So now, Carl will
3: begin to start seducing Doris, who will pretend she doesn't want it, but really does.
2: Yeah, I guess most computers do, huh? Dr. Carl?
0: There we go.
3: I, mean,
1: I really I don't. So it's because you're so smart oh, I can't help it you're so big I know so beautiful I know you're crazy Carl oh, don't hurt my
5: yellow.
2: you know Carl you're a very
1: sick person
2: <laughs> I will you doors oh there's your sample <laughs> Carl you're a very I sick know. person <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Carl that sucks
1: absolutely carlsucks.com <laughs> Carl,
2: Mary uh,
3: Hartman, Mary Hartman.
2: According to Louis Carl, really, you're a sick individual. It says Louis Lasser. <laughs> Lou-
3: oh, so maybe I should. Oh, you should. I think I should quote it like like my credit.
2: Oh yeah, you can find like quotes from The Simpsons where they talk to Carl. I have a headache. I
3: mean, I really do have such That's a headache. perfect. Call. You can imagine how enormous the size of that headache is. You know, you like it when I broke your collar supply. No, I really
6: don't. That's great. Oh, is that
2: great! Yeah, no, I really don't. All right, all right, Carl, Carl, me. Carl, Mercy, I also, Mercy.
3: Why is that torture? You don't think it's funny?
2: Well, no, it's funny. I, you know, I've also been playing the audio on the show. I don't think it's going through your speaker for some reason.
3: Well, what happens all the time on Mutiny Radio? You start playing the audio, and in the oh, in right. the phone, I hear.
2: Right. That's absolutely right. You're right. I hate that. I noticed that. And during it's been
3: go- ever since I started doing this with
2: you. Huh. Oh, well, we got to figure out a better way then. Oh, or why change it <laughs> at this point? <laughs> at this point. He's sleeping in so his own now place. now
3: Alan Arkin is like, where's my egg? Every morning at 8 a.m. I get an egg. Because, you know, things have messed up. The gas has been released and all the smart people are stupid now, oh. except for Dr. Carl.
2: But he's stupid too, right? Because he got gassed? Nope. Nope. Oh, they let out the gas and- by mistake.
3: The gas just was released uh, in that. No, he escaped it. As a matter to be, fact, to the be fair, out... I
2: just ate a Taco Bell. I can explain the gas.
3: Here, you see that, dummy? Yeah. Okay, here comes Herman Munster, and he would kill me if he was alive and heard me say that.
2: Why he hates being called Herman Munster?
3: Yes as a matter of fact when the Munsters was over he couldn't get work for three years yeah he hated he, he Herman, looked like Herman Munster. Munster
2: I don't think they signed a contract where they made like tons of money in syndication but that played
3: is for... it Fred Gwynn
2: Fred Gwynn yeah what? wait a minute Fred Gwynn and Austin Pendleton were also oh, my cousin Vinny
3: wait you gotta listen to him he's really right. funny but
4: don't
3: He plays the perfect.
4: Yes. yes. Would you mind telling me just what the hell is going on around
2: here? He's got such a
3: Herman Munster voice, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he's definitely a type.
3: Fred so, Gwynn, and I don't find my info on him for some reason.
2: Oh, that's crazy. So, but I do know that him and Austin Pendleton, sure. who yeah. are both in this movie, were also in my cousin Vinny, because he was the right. judge, and Austin was one of the uh, uh, lawyers.
3: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. He was the lawyer who had like a speech impediment.
2: Right, right. They put that up for last. He actually has a speech impediment.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this guy, well, Austin was in so many great things and so many crappy things. He was in Short Circuit.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, he was in uh, Wall Street, uh, greed never sleeps, the sequel.
3: Yep. He was in Guarding Tests. He did a good job in that.
2: Well, I mean, I know him from Skadoo, the Oscar Pendleton, the Otto Preminger uh, yeah. movie, the hippie movie, and also Muppet movie growing up. He's the guy that helps Kermit.
3: Right. He's in the Muppet movie, and he is the guy that helps Kermit. And he was also in Catch-22. Oh,
2: wow. Mm-hmm. So they're like, just bring me the Austin Pendleton and Alan Arkin types, you know, from the movies.
3: Mm-hmm. He was in both of the Nemo's
2: oh. as the voice. Come on, don't worry about ah, it. Ah,
3: here it is. Here it is. He was in. Uh, he was in Good Times. He was in The Cosby Show. He was in Twenty One Jump Street. I don't know. He's a bunch of crap like that. Oh, here we go. The mirror has two faces.
2: Uh huh. That's about a
3: Beautiful Mind.
2: Uh huh. He's in all the crazy people movies.
3: And oh, check this out. He first received critical acclaim nineteen sixty for his for his performance. As Motel in the original Broadway cast of Fiddler on the Roof, the original.
2: Oh yeah. You know what? I actually saw him in uh Billy Wilder's The Front Page, which is uh-huh. which is a was a remake of the, the famous stage play and the earlier movie, and he was like a socialist, like a communist worker who uh hid out in the front in the newsroom.
3: That was um Judy Judy Judy. What was
2: Oh yeah, uh, Catherine Hepburn. But this this is a version from the seventies.
3: No, no, the man, front page. Oh, oh yeah, that... yeah,
2: the front page. You're talking about Cary Grant. Right, Cary yeah, Grant. Right, right, yeah. right.
3: That was a good film. The
2: front oh, page. Front page and is hysterical. Uh, and then 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 uh, the other one we we're talking about, the front page. There was a uh, another version. Well, you know what? There was also switching channels. Have you ever seen that with Burt Reynolds and Kathleen Turner? No, I guess
1: not.
2: It was the same story, but this time they were in a newsroom. T- should I television. put
3: that on my queue or no? Yeah,
2: nothing, nothing wrong with seeing Kathleen Turner.
3: Okay, what's the name?
2: Switching channels.
3: And it's Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah,
2: it's about it's about the our viewers from uh, who watched Fisher Burgers. switching channels because they saw the show and they switched the channel.
3: Ah ha ha. Remember our philosophy on like I wanted you because it used to be that you just flip channels on TV. There was no Internet. And I just wanted someone to be flipping the channels up, up, up. And then we do something debauch and right. they
4: stop.
2: Yeah, I remember and you saying that. Say, what the that? hell is this? I absolutely agree with you because back in the day when you had cable channels to prevented a monopoly. They, they said, listen, you have to have one channel that's available to the community that you're fucking selling to. And right. that's public access channels, and you they would kind of dofully have your UHS channels, your VH your VHS channel, you know whatever the big numbers, the little numbers, the big numbers, and then they would put in like the public access channels before you hit right. like TV TBS and the basic cable package. So you would have like ABC, NBC. When you're clicking through cable during the nineties, uh, it would go like, then it would go like, oh channel 44, channel 56. And then there'll be Public Access, Public Access too, and then, uh, you know, C-SPAN or what have you. And I think it was C-SPAN first, and then then CNN, and then the regular stuff. So if you wanted to watch like a rerun of the Cosby show, you would have to eventually skip over a couple of public access channels to get to TBS airing it. So you'd bump into it? Yeah. What's going on here? They're all stupid idiots? They ran away from
3: the institute because they found out that they were going to pretty much kill Simon. And now they they found a place. They just found this greenhouse to sleep in, and they didn't know it, but they stumbled onto this commune where they worship the TV.
2: Oh, wow.
3: Now, the guy that you see there on the left... um,
2: That grinning idiot?
3: Yeah, that grinning idiot, right. He he was... um, where is it? It's not in front of me. He was actually um, uh, a musician who got a lot of notoriety. Let me just check it out here. Ah, Adolf Green, uh, American lyricist and playwright, longtime collaborator, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he wrote beloved movie musicals. He's part of Arthur Freed's production unit at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. So he's got some street class. Cl- Klaus.
2: He's got a face. I'm going to play his, his talking. All
1: your troubles,
2: but you're safe here. You're safe here. Got a good voice. So they worship the TV. Look out, parody. That's right. But that's good. I mean, that's uh, how we act anyway. They're going to
3: be, he's going to have a TV guide in his hand, and it's a 1979 Taxi with um, Judd Hirsch and Louie uh-huh. Louie. Oh, Louie. Uh, yeah, there it is, Danny DeVito.
2: What was the movie? I think it was Death Wish, maybe. I don't know. It was one movie where these guys got an argument about Danny DeVito, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's also the guy from Taxi." You're saying he's the <laughs> the guy from Sunny? It's the guy, you know. I forgot what movie it was. It was pretty recent, but I think there were gangsters, and then they got beat up after that. Gotcha.
3: By the way, we're right now in Warren, New Jersey. They're filming in War. They did eight days in Warren, New Jersey.
2: Oh, yeah. This is definitely a New York film. They even go to New Jersey for the uh, rural scenes. <laughs> yeah. So well, is- no.
3: In the film, he escaped from the Institute in Maine, the state of Maine.
2: Right. So now he's in – but this is shot in New Jersey.
3: Yes. Huh. The only other thing they did, they filmed in Florida, Uh you'll see that later.
2: That's because they ran out of stupid gas and they said, well, how can we continue this scene? Well, let's shoot in Florida.
3: (laughs) Where everyone's stupid.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's the TV. Yeah. Oh, they do a bunch of Walter Cronkite jokes in this movie too. We played that clip last week.
3: This was a big thing back in the, you know, like making fun of religion, calling you know
2: TV stupid it's all and did you know that TV that means... and religion combines into each other I mean don't forget no, like one of the first television channels the satellite channels was the fucking 700 Club and you know uh, oh yeah 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 Tammy Faye Baker the, they had satellites airing you know close circuit uh, religious programming from their own channels so
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know the humor's not far off and this is always evergreen Stupidity of uh, you know, entertainment, I guess, goes beyond television.
3: So now they're discovering that the van they
2: stole
3: is actually a news van. Like a little television station.
2: Oh, get it out of here, so maybe they'll televise shit.
3: Well, yeah, see that's the most ridiculous thing of this film. Somehow, because they have this van, he's able to interrupt the signal of all the major networks so he'll be the only thing on TV. It's nonsensical. You couldn't do that because you had a TV van.
2: Oh, yeah. You would need, like, two TV vans. Right. I I have Apple Plus, and I have to tell you, i got to recommend some programming on Apple Plus, if I may. Uh, have you ever seen Mac versus PC? They just show the old commercials for an hour. It's really good.
3: Yeah, Mac. Oh, uh, no, I mean, I remember those old commercials. Yeah,
2: so they show them on uh, Apple Plus. It's great entertainment, and... uh it's sponsored by Apple, the show, so it's really good.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. And hope... there was the two actors, and they would both go on to do their own thing. You know, I'm the nerdy PC business guy. Oh, they and...
2: both have their own podcast. How crazy is that? Mm-hmm. That sounds right.
3: They should be doing a podcast together.
2: Come on. Oh yeah, like Cobra Kai. Like thirty years later, the fight continues. Mac Thanks, versus PC. Bye.
3: Okay, so they're talking now about they're blaming the alien for releasing the stupid gas,
2: and it's floating towards New
3: York City. You know, now he's interrupting the broadcast.
2: Oh no, Simon has something to say. I auditioned for Mac vs. PC, and I actually got a call back for uh, PC until they decided to go with New York actors that they already picked. Really? Yeah, this is back when this casting uh, company liked me. They told me later they said. (laughs) Mike, you should just come by and let us know, and we can uh, have, hang out and talk to you. So I did that, and I said, "Mike Spiegel," and they go, "We don't want to talk to you." But that was before. Very that. nice. Yeah, but that's because I didn't have PC hotness at me at the time. That was about two thousand and four, maybe. All right, let's. I'm gonna play some of the movie. So he just like. Oh. We're apparently unable to prevent this. this- but the, I think the problem with this film is there's no real escalation of uh, uh, priorities. Like, uh, it would have helped if, like, I don't know, someone had his mom at gunpoint or something. You know, like, just something to escalate the the the, the problem. Well, he's on the run. Yeah, but maybe, uh, I don't know, he regrets hitting a guy in second grade. Or maybe he has terminal disease and he has to do oh, this Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. You know, or some kind of wild card. Maybe there's a stalker. You know, just something to escalate this. That's a nice hat, though. I have to give it up. Well, it looks like a Devo hat,
3: but made of wool. Sideburns. The thing is, it it this film was close to being good, but you're right, it was mediocre for a lot of reasons.
2: It was just, just. I don't know.
3: It was a big budget Hollywood film. It had the right stars. It had the right writer. It just didn't. Uh, it just
2: didn't. <laughs> it needs a wild card in there. It just needs something to just kind of spark it, I guess. Oh, this is. I love these this scenes. In, uh,
3: can you switch mics or something? You're starting to go in and out.
2: Oh, how about now? No, I'm going to stick on this mic.
4: drink. <laughs> Why is it a secret? I want that
2: formula. See he talking about Coca-Cola?
3: No, we missed a good joke Like it was, I don't know, something about
2: cookies It was. Oh, gotcha It was a secret ingredient Why is it a
0: secret? I want that (laughs) formula
2: So he's saying everything we're thinking back in 1980 Because I really want to know what that secret ingredient was He just made fun of
3: mutton chops The guy's like, get rid of that You look ridiculous
2: No way, man, mutton chops rule I've had (laughs) mutton chops for a long time
3: well, 2019 is very different than 1980. Mutton chops didn't rule.
2: You know, I had mutton chops and I had short hair at the time and it looked awful. <laughs> and I just proudly had it, you know. What the fuck? I don't want to shave my sideburns.
3: They're like, how are we going to find him? He could be anywhere. We can't triangulate his system until he broadcasts again. And yeah. he got us by the bazoombas
2: oh wow here's all the New York papers what do they gotta say we did the movie called Gas I like Gas that's pretty cool oh here's the TV guy yeah see he's the fourth network I, I nailed it variety you end with variety that's how parody yeah. works it's satire because it ends with variety so he's just and this, these are Americans just watching it. everyone's from around the world
3: Right. Once a day, at the same time, he goes and broadcasts. Yeah. It's
2: not going to work. He reads War and Peace. He reads Shakespeare. Doesn't he end every broadcast with, if you liked and enjoyed uh, my programming, don't forget to like. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to subscribe and leave a comment below. And what kind of books would you read? Let me know in the comments below. (laughs) I love how, like, public radio will do that, too. Well, we exhausted the subject, and we have no interest in it. As we say, we would love to hear from you. What do you think about what we just said? Yeah. Go ahead and give your opinion on our Facebook page. and We'll never fucking let it read it. But there was some interaction. No, you
3: will never read it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: We're never going to have a follow-up episode where they'll say, like, Mitch 22 said I suck balls. You know, they're just not going to read it.
3: (laughs) See how he's got Dan and
2: Yogurt? Yeah, well, yogurt was very fucking hip back in 80. That's some comedy. It was new. Put some wheat germ in there? Oh, fucking yeah.
3: I remember back then the granola came out and it was super healthy. And yeah. so all the companies said, oh, you'll buy granola if we sell it? So they put sugar in it.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, they sweeten it and then they put chocolate chips in it.
3: Chocolate chips. They it's made a... it into a candy bar.
2: No, no, no. It's a granola bar.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, it's not like a candy bar. But wheat germ was popular, too, back in the 70s, late 70s. Yep. So you put that in your yogurt. Oh, yeah, they had yogurt bars. Was it frozen yogurt as well? Yeah, frozen yogurt came out in the
3: around the same time, and it was like an alternative to ice cream. and.
2: Yeah. I would love to be a ventriloquist at a frozen yogurt place because nowadays they have, like, you know, self-serve. And every time yeah. they pull the handle, I'll be like, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> As a Yeah, pull that rod.
1: Jersey or Utah? Jersey. Jersey. Let's watch
2: Yeah, that's a Mozart. There's Mozart throughout
3: this whole thing. On YouTube.
2: That was Mozart's Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube theme song. Oh, uh, now he's all YouTube y. No wonder this movie's on YouTube. He's acting like a YouTube Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, right now, it's just a montage of his YouTube uh, podcast in which he's reading to them and just giving them.
2: Thank you. And our guest, his special guest, will be Joe Rogan. Thank you for watching. (laughs) Oh, and everyone's watching. Because you can tell because there's scenes of everyone watching.
3: Listen, I got to tell you, this Joe Rogan, like, he is doing the right thing he, the way he interviews people, he lets them talk. He pretends he's interested in exactly what they're saying. He feeds them questions that will give interesting answers. Uh, You know, I'm not like in love with Joe Rogan. I just, he's kind of a dud and I just check it out, you know, because YouTube pitches you on it all the time. But you got to admit, he, he, he's a very, very good interviewer and he does not go to any interview cold. He knows he's read the book or he's, he's researched the person or he's had people who do who feed him the right questions. And, uh, I don't know why I felt like kissing Joe
2: Rogan's butt, but just kudos,
3: Joe. I never listened to him. I
2: never listened to him. So I I have to listen at least, you know, I'll put him on my Netflix queue. (laughs) No,
3: no, Mike, whoever you're into, whoever you like, he's interviewed him.
2: Oh yeah. No, I figured as much. Well, let me see. I like, uh, uh, Alton, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. Uh, I'll. I'll well, he does interesting people.
3: He doesn't do like the latest pop star or right. who sitcom I also person. Like. He does yeah, like, like scientists person. and uh, authors and uh, people who there's a buzz around because they've done something of interest.
2: This is pretty cool. He's reading, and people are watching him on TV, and we're watching the people on the movie. Books on tape. On. Yeah, and we're watching.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. like you're looking in the mirror and the mirror and the mirror.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that book in Jazz, that's a really good book. Look, that guy shot his TV. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little too much.
3: Uh. Warren, New Jersey. Warren, New Jersey. how much
2: longer do you think you can get away with this? Listen, the people of this world are lucky that I'm in the midst. Yeah. So he's like a raging like uh Jim, uh Jesus I was gonna say Jimi Hendrix. He's Jesus an egomaniac
3: maniac and he yeah, he thinks he's descended from aliens.
2: You know uh, uh I have a good Jesus Christ joke. Okay. Alright, well a guy's in heaven and he's at the cafeteria and he sees okay. Jesus Christ and he's pushing people out of the way and Jesus is wearing like uh doctor's uh uniform and He's like, excuse me, coming through. Uh, I got first dibs. And uh, someone said, wow, Uh, is that Jesus Christ? He goes, yeah. He thinks he's a doctor. Oh, it's it's backwards. Yeah, backwards. Good one. I gave up on the joke halfway through. (laughs) I didn't really get delivery on it. (laughs) Here's Constant Newsman. I am the constant in the, the later part of the movie as I narrate what's going on. So right
3: now, he's about to be disillusioned. He goes and he asks them a bunch of questions, and he he says, you don't like everything that's on the TV, and they say yes, and then he starts listing crappy stuff.
2: Oh, I want to I hear the list. I'm going to put it up. Hi, kids. Hi, kids. Hi,
4: Simon. All right, I would like you to list for me now four major films by the Russian master Sergei Eisenstein. Eisenstein. Ten
1: days that shook the world.
3: So at this point, Nesky, he's pleased with the them. They're learning his lesson. And
1: leave Mexico. a work that is yet unfinished.
4: Yes, and how do you feel about these films? We love yes, them. Yes, and why? Because it's on the sacred box.
1: But there do he you know goes.
4: Everything that's on the sacred box.
1: Yes.
4: <laughs> Celebrity bowling. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Badly dramatized English novels? Yes.
2: The uh, commercial for the vegetable slicer at 3 AM? Yes. Everything.
1: Yes. Hmm.
2: You like it when it goes? Whoo- yes. yes. You like junk?
1: Yes.
2: Melody, come here. Oh well.
3: Well, this is this is actually pretty funny.
2: No, and it is funny. Awesome. No, this part. Okay, I got it on. So I want you to dig deep into your heart now and tell me the most wonderful, beautiful thing I don't hear it. Tell me the most beautiful thing in the world. Disco. Disco.
3: <laughs> the same look on his face as yeah, like when he's going to be on the exam. <laughs> so now he goes to his wife and he's like, I'm not reaching them, I'm not reaching them. She goes, who are you reaching? He goes, the fringes. The, uh, the crazies, the tin foil hat crowd.
2: Oh, wow, really? Back in the day, they were still tinfoil hats?
3: That, well, they've been around
2: since, uh, I mean. Why didn't I know this? Well, I was never taught this in history class.
3: You think we've invented the tin foil hat? I mean, that keeps <laughs> the radio waves away.
2: It, you know, that's a good thing you mentioned that, because I think the CIA is trying to reach my brain through microwaves.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's easy. Just get aluminum foil.
2: Okay. And yourself
3: then... a hat. And if you don't want to look like a weirdo, right. wear it under another hat. And so people just think you're wearing a hat.
2: They'll be like, nice wool cap. And I'll be like... Uh, what's yeah. the frequency, Ken? What's the frequency, Ken?
3: <laughs> so, um, right now it's an important scene. And you should listen. All right. Because it's the oh, best
2: You want? Do film. you want to play the volume so you know what's going on? Okay.
0: He was very crazy. Yeah. But so I walked into town and I went to the drugstore to buy this test. They have these tests you can buy now. You so she bought a test in the
3: drugstore.
0: So and then I went to the clinic because I had them do a test on me, and theirs was also positive. It confirmed that they're both positive. So she went to the clinic, positive, positive.
1: No, I'm
0: pregnant.
3: Good deal. Yeah, she's pregnant. And he's happy. I always knew that this would come or whatever. And then he's like, who's the father? And she's like, you're the father. And (laughs) so he's like, that's impossible. I'm an alien. And she's like, that's exactly what I'm saying. You're not an alien.
2: Oh, right. Wait a minute. I've seen enough alien porn to know it's possible.
3: (laughs) She she says... uh, you know who was it someone from the music department it's completely understandable i've been very distant
2: well the good news is she's pregnant the bad news is that they, she was fired from the electric company
3: yeah she did a 6 year run on that show
2: oh my god her voice was so sore by the last season hey, hey guys. you guys guys over
1: no. here electric company <laughs> see i
2: understand these things what oh somebody
1: from the music department
0: mestonflo maybe How you like looking Nice guy, a little bit of feminist. So I'm, and the only
3: person <laughs> Now she says the per, only person I've ever been involved with.
0: That would mean you're not special anymore? You're not different from anybody else. You're not a toaster. You're just a regular, ordinary human being.
3: Now here's the best
0: right.
1: no, scene in bit. the movie. Here right. we go.
0: Okay. You're going to stand here and you're going to tell me that you believe in your heart that I was unfaithful to you, that I cheated on you, and then I will go away. But you have to say that first, okay? Come on, it's easy, you just say, this is not my child. Can you say that? Can you say that?
2: He can't do it. Can you? Wow, that's acting. So the story is that he becomes a dad and then he suddenly stops being a whiny, self-absorbed
3: asshole. So now he calls Dr. Carl.
2: Uh huh. Carl, not speaking
3: Fred Gwynn takes it first. Fred Gwynn was in the secret of my success. I didn't remember that.
2: Oh, do you think he was like a, a, a corporate guy who helped? I
3: guess. I don't think there's other choices.
2: He could be, well, well son, I best of luck. Uh, yeah, you got remember. I mean, dad. <laughs> play the father of Michael J. Fox.
3: Now the the thing I found out that was interesting about him is he was on he was in on the waterfront 1954, I've and he was that. uncredited, but that's where he got noticed.
2: Well, because I've seen that movie a bunch of times, I don't recall seeing him.
3: Yeah, he wasn't noticed by you, right? He but was you- six foot five. Uh, and that helped him to be cast as
2: uh Oh, Car 54, Where Herman Are Monster. You? See, that's a show that Monster. never played on, on syndication for us. Car 54, Where Are You? Oh,
3: right. Yeah, he was definitely in that.
2: Yeah. Did you see the movie version from the 90s with Tim Curry and uh, David Johansson? No. Oh, it's uh, No. It exists. It's out there.
3: Should I bother? I mean, Car 54 was pretty good.
2: No, I don't know. I mean, oh, wait, this
3: you... is funny. This is funny. Oh, I
2: want you to behave like
3: oh is Max Ray. Because they're dummies, as you remember. So yeah. Alan Arkin has told him that he wants to go home. He wants to go back to outer space. <laughs> and he was so sad because he wants to go to the
0: rocket ship. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, you also... To stay here. I'm also playing the audio, too, so we're hearing overlap chaos oh should I no it's all right I okay. like the chaos of it he he yeah this because is a...
3: I want you to be the monitor why is he the monitor it's so
0: funny
2: Joral is this it's a spaceship my love I made it to send our child away from her exploding parent but we have two kids oh fuck <laughs> Listen, I have some bad news morale you are not no. <laughs> <laughs> I have some
3: bad news, way Al. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Daddy, where's your, or Al? Oh, he's okay.
1: We're a bunch of brainy guys. You sure are some poor, pathetic bastards.
2: Yes,
3: you, sir. sir. <laughs> Wallace sounds so great, man. He was the voice of Rex in Toy Story. The wait, dinosaur. where is Wallace
2: Oh, wait, there he is. Okay, sorry. I looked down. Yeah, oh, no, that's a famous one.
3: You know, we didn't even mention My Dinner with Andre. Of course, that's the big one for him. He co-wrote that. Right. And he just sat there throughout the whole thing. But the um, no, casting of... director who did um, uh, what is it? Princess Bride saw that film and was like, this guy's great, and cast him. That's how his career really Well, I, I have
2: up. to recommend a Wallace Shawn movie, which I, if it's on YouTube, we would be watching it right now. It's a film called Nice Girls Don't Explode and it's about a girl who has telekinetic uh, arsonistic fire powers and while Sean is in it and he's kind of arsonist. It's revealed that he's an arsonist and I think he was uh-huh. gaslighting her or whatever. But he is such a crazy role and he just is so funny and deranged in that movie and he'll never see it. you know. Uh, nice Girls Don't Explode. Yeah, so I recommend that movie to everyone. Uh, it's just some- oh, here's the joke. Okay. Here's the joke. They're have, in the elevator. I have the sound up, too. Okay. It's Muzak. Yeah. He, he hates, hates Muzak. Didn't you listen That's to this movie? Good thing I listened to him rant during the whole movie. Otherwise, I would not get that joke. Man, Muzak, don't get me started. What's up with that airplane food? <laughs> Young people are like, air. their They serve food on an airplane? Oh, you know what? Muzak is not it. They say, hey, listen to 10 seconds of Muzak, and then uh, you can keep playing your free mobile game. Okay, I'll listen to it.
3: <laughs> okay, so now they're on the spaceship. Now, they went to Florida to the right. actual space shuttle. What you're seeing right now was actually filmed in New York. They built a set in New York. But right. the, the space shuttle had not yet launched when this film...
2: Oh, you're talking about tr- the space shuttle, right? Yeah, and
3: when the Space Shuttle launches, you'll see that it suddenly turns into a Saturn V rocket.
2: (laughs) Well, good. Well, I mean, you're talking about the Space Shuttle Challenger that blew up in 83?
3: No, that was 86. 86. This was the Space Shuttle Enterprise, the first one that flew, but it hadn't flown yet. They went and got the exteriors of it on the launch pad,
2: though. Oh, that's cool. Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, no, it's impressive stuff. Oh, he knocked Uh – uh-oh.
1: Okay, so
3: when he found out he was pregnant, he put two and two together. Right. But this doctor scammed him,
2: okay? When he discovered that we were pregnant. Yeah,
3: Uh, go ahead. So, he's so frisco. So, he then went to, you know, lied and said, I want to go home. But it was all so they could get Carl, Dr. Carl, on the space shuttle to launch him into space to serve him right.
2: Oh, that's funny, yeah. I'm going to send right you now to outer space. So he, he's committing a felony right now at the end of this movie.
3: I suppose you could think of it that way.
2: Well, it's federal law. You're in a spaceship. It's not like state. It's not like Florida. It's good. Police are going to arrest you for shooting a man into space. I guess it's... <laughs> he one goes,
3: of- by the way, Madeline Kahn didn't really like you very much. She was, she was an actress this- You know, he's really getting pissy now. Let
0: me go!
1: (laughs) Well,
2: when I get back from Earth, I'm going to kill you, Simon.
3: Okay, now, the rocket ship's going to take off, and it's going to turn into, like, one of the Apollo rockets.
2: Oh, hey, have I ever told you, did you ever see the movie Simon based on the electronic game, Simon? No. It's really good. It starts off with red. And then red, then red, 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 blue, red, blue, blue, red, blue, blue, green, red, blue, blue, green, red. Yellow doesn't even show up until round seven.
3: Well, yeah, but not in the sequel. In the
2: <laughs> Super Simon,
3: they had a remake in the the nineties, and and yellow was predominant. Okay, so you can see Alan Arkin sort of running away right. into the. Now we have Saturn um, Three. On a, Moon launch
2: rocket. I knew it was it was made up. I knew Hollywood shot this. And I don't think anyone will
3: notice because they just see the
2: underneath.
3: In the next scene, it's wow! Look at that.
2: Oh, so beautiful. Just hang on, dude.
3: Now, see that's clearly not the space shuttle.
2: Right. They do that at the end of the movie, so you can't get a refund. You say that this is a ripoff, and they'll say you watched half the movie. Well half the movie,
3: <laughs> you can't call cry foul now.
2: Yeah, come on. Okay,
3: man. so here is Dr. Mendelsohn, Alan Arkin, uh, who has escaped and is in seclusion, hiding unknown. Nobody knows where he is, and of course he's with Lisa and his um, and his son.
2: Oh, Oh, his son! Congratulations, Mazeltov!
3: Yeah, they—they they had a son.
2: So they th- gave birth. So yeah, well, I mean, he was saying we're pregnant.
3: They don't get paternity leave,
2: but so this is like one year later. Two years later.
3: I well, he to me looks like a two-year-old boy.
2: All right. Oh yeah. And now
3: yeah. she's going through like these are the offers you have for books, and he's like, I'm not writing a book, and then she's gonna listen on the radio. Um like they're recommending him for an absentee Nobel Peace Prize, and <laughs> I don't know. It's basically
2: He's gonna get a gossip column called Simon Says. <laughs> Good one. So it's basically
3: wrapping up now, like all is well, like he escaped their trickery and uh-huh.
2: He gets a call from the electric company. Look, our lawyers told us we made a mistake. And, of course, you can go back to work. Nice hips. So
3: Hopefully this the is the radio. film
2: he uh, ending. He's, he's walking away. All right, I got the, I got the radio playing. Or any of the petty
4: annoyances which, in the committee's words, were slowly eroding the spirit of a great people. Mr.
0: Mendelssohn.
2: Wow, what a boring radio broadcast.
0: Well, it is 1979.
2: It is talky as this movie. Honey, let's go see a movie where people just talk at nauseum. Yes, I have a ten thousand word limit. I have to at least hear ten thousand words being spoken at me. Well, may I recommend Simon? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Fucking Ta-da! script was a phone book.
3: I'm
5: the Woody Allen kind of guy Yes there's Woody that's Allen playing clarinet music.
2: hey maybe that's Woody Allen playing clarinet <laughs> we recorded this at Elaine's on a Tuesday you know this you could go to the same? you can go to Elaine's on Tuesday and you could hear Woody Allen play his clarinet I think as as the legend goes Well ladies and gentlemen, that has been 1980s Simon from Marshall Brickman yeah. Carl what would you think of this movie?
3: I thought that this movie was good for your show. No, I you like this was, movie. Shut up. Well, like it this had movie. all the right cast members, and yeah. it had the right writer, and it had the right budget, uh, and it still was mediocre. I think it's, like you said, there wasn't a driver in the plot that made the third act
2: a right.
0: uh, well,
3: time bomb.
2: Let's let's say, like, Idiocracy, right? Uh, they have the premise that the future of stupid, but there's also, like... You know, there's a wild card. He gets trapped because this guy, you know, decided to go off on I don't know. At the end, the pimp shows up. You know, there's like some kind of like wild card to it. I don't know. At the end, let's
3: suppose they had Lisa like trapped. Like we have your wife, Simon, or something. Something. Um,
2: Yeah, that would just. Or like
3: um, he had a secret about Doctor Carl, and if. You know, we got, at all costs we must keep that a secret. I don't know something.
2: Something else, yeah. The institute gets bought out. I don't know. So that, that's Simon, and I hope you enjoyed the movie uh, as much as we sat through it, and as much as I faked enthusiasm for the entertainment of this podcast. Mike, <laughs> let me say something. <laughs> yes, Mike. sir. Yes, sir.
3: Mike, you pick the movies,
2: right? No, I wanted so, to see this.
3: Yeah, but 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 I've been here many times in which it's like. 45 minutes into the movie and you're done. You know? <laughs> so it's like, why don't you pick a
1: movie? I mean,
2: you pick the movie. Well, the part of the, so. part of the reason why we riff and the part of the reason why we want people to listen to our podcast and watch the movie at the same time is that these movies are impossible to sit through unless you're with somebody. <laughs> so for me, it's therapy. Like, I can watch this movie because I'm with you. And I know that... Uh, people...
3: I'm not enough. I'm not enough. When you're, like, done.
1: I, I remember one
3: episode, you were like, okay, that's it, Carl. No more plot. I was like, what?
1: Yeah.
2: You
3: said, Stop telling yeah, me Yeah, I was
2: plot. done. I actually remember that. I was just done with that. But
3: if I, if I don't tell you the plot, we'll be totally lost. And you're like, that's good. That's good. Let's walk <laughs> away. I divorced myself from this incident.
2: Well, you know, that's the movies we watch. What can I tell you? Oh, sorry. Uh, now,
3: what about The Annihilators?
2: Are you going
3: to be done with
2: it too? Oh well, hang on a sec. Let me announce uh, the movie for next week. Uh, as the end credits of this film goes, we're going to watch The Annihilators. <laughs>
0: the Annihilators, nineteen eighty-five. You're, You're supposed to say. So done. Pardon,
2: wait, we the, haven't even watched
3: no, it. No,
2: I actually saw The Annihilators on uh, Blu-ray, and which had uh-huh. uh, which had behind us. They interviewed Boom Boom Washington, and they interviewed uh, one of the screenwriters who Welcome was friends back, with Connor. the. Uh, Annihilators. Uh, God, I don't know. It's been so while since I know to spell it. Uh, I didn't set this up in advance. One of the there was a writer who uh, knew the director. The director was kind of an elusive guy, and uh, so it's interesting. So I know some backstory. I absolutely love this movie. So as uh, good uh, as Carl mentioned, we are going to see a movie uh, called The Annihilators, and it's kind of it came on after. Uh, the A-team. Because A-team was like 83, and this is 86. But it's basically... It's
3: 1985.
2: Yeah, so it's basically... Uh, Annihilators is basically the A-team the movie. These uh, Vietnam vets, and you get to see Vietnam War war, uh, go to try to stop crime in a small town. Stop a crazy maniac. So uh, here's the trailer. Annihilator, this version is from in Espanol, because it's from Venezuela, Argentina, not Venezuela, uh, but it, I think it's the only one I have.
3: Well, there's the Death Trap trailers, the Annihilators 1985
2: HD trailer. Oh, hang on. The Annihilator 1985. Carl, you are on And top it's of called game. Death
3: Trap, one word, space trailers. All right. Hang
2: on a sec. Well, let me type five. Oh,
3: huh, I'll be. It's a minute 35, right?
2: Yeah. Hang on a sec. Uh, Annihilator Tokyo No I just got the swans Okay so we'll just watch the
3: Spanish one
2: Alright let's watch the Spanish one Now I gotta get back to it (laughs) We stream this show live every Tuesday Every Sunday I should say At 2 Pacific Standard Time So we like to take our time on some stuff Uh, Shit Now I have the Annihilators I have the Annihilators 1985 trailer Okay I should have prepped this beforehand. I just had, gave us two minutes. All right, so here we go. Uh, we're going to listen to this. is from Death Trap Trailers, uh, Annihilators. Here comes the sound of next week's movie, The Annihilators. Count it down. Three, two, one, go. This is the cannon. No, New World Pictures. I'm really excited. In 1972, in yeah. Vietnam. On Earth, <laughs>
4: they so not
2: clearly,
3: the
4: stock footage no, and the movie footage. All of Atlanta now. Why what happen? Is he okay? Look at that van. That no. looks like from the 18th a body bag. This place is cool. fight <gasps> There's
2: going to be a lot of mad punks around here. A lot of mad punks together my window they're going to prove they can make a difference My fruit stand see that's my joke
4: oh yeah gone? that's anyway. right the annihilators.
2: ooh flame torch i look like kurt over. uh yeah kurt Russell. kurt Russell. kurt he does and this, this is from dirty oh, harry that's right?
1: boom boom
2: yeah He's the kung Very fu master. Cool. He's the kung fu master in this movie. Boom, boom, a His voice
3: rivaled uh, Paul Druyba. Yes,
2: yeah, sure
4: <laughs> Miss, miss,
2: miss, miss miss, 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 <laughs> miss. <side>. Why have <laughs> a machine gun? Yes,
4: my
1: allies.
4: blue torch Coming soon from New World Pictures.
2: Coming next Sunday on LWFL. Yeah,
3: right. Coming soon. It already happened.
2: Yeah, right, it came like uh, 23 years, no, 30, 33 years ago. Well, that's uh, our next movie next week on the 24th of uh, November. Please check us out. We'll be doing, watching Riffing the Annihilators in 1986. A bunch of Vietnam vets avenge the death and clean up the scum from the city of their uh, slain uh, brethren, right? Right. Yes.
3: Someday a real rain will come.
2: Someday and wipe the scum off the earth. I am so with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot wait. I can't wait. Well, Carl. All the creeps come out at night. I was going to say, we should end our movie show, which is a great idea. But if you had a movie that you saw this week that you want to recommend. All right. Who, me? Yes, you.
3: What? You couldn't be. Then who? Who? um you if you you're asking me for a movie recommendation yeah. what are you asking
2: what did you watch a movie this week yes what'd you see uh, okay
3: um
1: wow this is not going well
3: <laughs> okay I, I on my computer oh i'm in front of my computer am i not i do have a movie recommend wait a second are you talking about for our show or just in life in life oh okay i saw on one two three movies free the joker And
2: uh, that's when they film the screen,
3: and you see a guy getting up to go get one popcorn. You can't
2: say that shit. You can say I saw the Joker. You can't say I (laughs) bootlegged the Joker. All right, never mind. And uh, tonight
3: I plan to watch on uh, (laughs) on the same way. a Ford versus Ferrari.
2: No, don't tell me this shit. Oh my God. Can't you just lie and so say you went to the Let theater? the
3: millennials pay for the movie. I'm too old. I don't even count. I'm not even in the demographic. I'm we
2: already exploit no movies with our show. We take something that already exists and put entertainment on top of it. Now you're just, oh yeah. man, I can't believe you. Well, all right. Anyway, Carl, where can people find you uh, if they're the FBI? Uh, carlsucks.com. Carl.sucks. Right. Carl.sucks. All right. Well, there we go. That went really badly. Uh, and you can find me at <laughs> Spiegelmania on Twitter. And uh, I don't think I have. Oh, uh, a couple of shows this week, but nothing too exciting. And uh, uh, I saw What's the Worst That Can Happen with Martin Lawrence and Dan DeVito. I thought that was really funny. I've never seen uh-huh. that before. It's a good movie. I would recommend Good. That. So there you go. That's, that's how the segment would have worked. And, so I bootlegged the Joker. What the fuck? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been our time. Thank you, Carl, so much. Thank busy, you. Busy day Bye-bye. for you. Bye.
4: Tigers. We fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riding. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Terrace, here's Law Firm, LLP, 180 Prima Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834.
0: Big and Saturday on like, I am an right. and adolescent. And I will cut Handel the
1: Blake,
4: Henry! Yeah, Charlie here.
0: Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse major O'Hulahan accusations, Henry. I I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman.
2: I'm Michael Spiegelman.
3: And I am Carl, not Spiegelman.
2: Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for
0: Let's watch a full-length movie on
2: YouTube we watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good
0: well they're chosen by uh, here's you. his theme
2: song again bye
0: okay bye wow. watch all day.
6: Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. Fifty shows in seven days over 50 comics from all around the u.s and you could be one of them go to the mutiny radio website www.mutinyradio.fm click the apply button pay that 20 bucks donate to mutiny radio and apply with your five minute video to the mutiny radio fifth annual comedy festival coming up march 1st through 7th 2020 submissions close november 30th get those submissions in now
4: That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop, Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius.
0: Yahoo! 499.
5: Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill
4: MutinyRatio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs>
6: Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Hey, you open micer in San Francisco comedy scene. Maybe you want time to do jokes. Well, this is the place to do it. Mutiny Radio. We have three open mic a week just for you. Monday's Joke Workshop from 6 to 8. Come and get four minutes and four minutes of commentary from your comedian peers. Come on Fridays for happy hour 6 to 8 here at Mutiny Radio. All the comics. Wonderful, hilarious people in the scene. Get to know them. Hang out. Do a set. Have it recorded here and on a podcast at mutinyradio.fm and come in on Saturdays from 4 to 6. Get long sets because no one ever shows up. So it's like stage time and people can listen. Come on by to Mutiny Radio. Get your comedy on, baby.
4: Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh,
5: Kit Marie,
4: Brandon Ray,
5: and
6: Mistress Christine.
4: All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRCollective.org. We'll see you there. <laughs>